Hi, I'm Bro Workman, and we're talking teams. Chad Hymas is one of the people that um, have come into my life during a pandemic. I heard about Chad, I knew who he was. He's like this legend. Wall Street Journal calls him one of the 10 most influential speakers of all time in the world. You're about to meet an incredible human being that was injured in an accident when a one ton bale of hay fell on his neck and caused him to be paralyzed. He has lived his life to the fullest. He didn't allow that moment in time to change his trajectory of success and his ability to serve other people. He's now a world-class athlete. I, when you meet Chad, I want you to look at him playing and think about him playing full contact wheelchair rugby. Oh yeah, I wanna hang out with this guy. He does basketball, he does, you know, he does all these incredible things, he races marathons. You know, he, he, sets a, he set a world record for doing a marathon going from Salt Lake City to Las Vegas in a wheelchair. My kids whine when we drive it. Like, think about that. Chad's an incredible human being. I had the opportunity to go out to his ranch and listen to him share uh, with his heart uh, the challenges that happen during the pandemic as a motivational speaker who spends his entire world traveling, his entire life traveling. And he said something that just uh, uh, went to my heart. He said to me that I put my life into my work because I, I, I feel guilty when my wife has to take care of me. And when he said that, and he says, I travel because I want to make her life easier. I thought, what an amazing individual. He's inspired me. And every conversation I have with him, it makes me feel like I have so much room to grow as a leader and as a husband and as a father. So will you all do me the honor of welcoming Mr. Chad Hymas to the stage. Chad. Elbow pump. Thanks, brother. It's great to be here. Thank you. Let me tell you the two words that I thought of as I listened to just two words. Uh, as I listened to him share stories about his father, as I listened to him share stories about helping communities grow, not commissions, growing your own commissions, I thought of two words. Givers gain. GG. Givers gain. Givers always gain. If you forget my message today, I'm cool with it. I really am. I'm, I'm fine with it. I think if you forget Verl's, some of Verl's stories, I think he'd be cool with it. Don't ever forget that givers will always gain. And in order for you to understand that concept and the I can concept that we're talking about today, I'm going to take you back to Christmas a year ago when my family decided to take me to do something that they said for a Christmas gift was something that we had never done before as a family. Now, you have to understand, I've been, I've been traveling pretty, pretty steady for 21 years, and I've had the pleasure of visiting all seven continents and, and 89 countries, I think. And so, in my mind, there's not a whole lot that I haven't seen or done. But they said this was new. So the morning of Christmas came and they gave me an envelope and I opened up the envelope and it was a plane ticket to Hawaii. Now that might sound like fun to most of you. To me, it's just a six hour flight. I mean, yeah, nothing against Hawaii, it's just, it's just, I just, I've, I've gone there and then spoke there and then, and seen all the islands. And so I, I was grateful for the nice gesture, but, but I've done that. And so it didn't, really, it didn't really mesh with what the gift was. So I went two days later on the 27th of December last year, um, so a year ago, and I went reluctantly. We arrived to Honolulu and I was given another envelope with an additional ticket from Honolulu to the island of Kauai. 
a little bit better, but still been there, done that. Once we got to Kauai, my final envelope was given to me. And that's when I saw it. Never done this before. My wife and four children wanted to take me scuba diving. Now, you don't have to look at me too hard to understand why I would not appreciate an activity like scuba diving. I mean, I, I don't swim. I mean, I do swim, but more like a rock. I just go right to the bottom. But I have learned it's a lot less crowded down there than it is at the top. And my family told me that they were going to throw me in the ocean anyway. They just thought, ah, oh, she would be a nice gesture for me. So before you go scuba diving, you have, to go through, you have to go through some training. You can't just go put on the mask and the, and the oxygen tank and the buoyancy compensator vest and just go on the ocean. You can't do that. You have to be certified. Anybody in the room ever been, ever gone scuba diving? Ever, anybody in the chat ever been before? Anybody ever gone? So I got some hands in the room. Shout it out. Jot on the chat. What kind of training must you do before you go scuba diving? I need to know. So they train you on the buoyancy compensator vest. For those of you that don't know what that is, it's a life jacket that has air that goes into it, a knob over the left breast, and you turn it, and it allows air into your jacket, which creates what? Boy, you, you go to the top. You let air out, you sink. One more thing, too. I just remember my family did this. One more thing. They, they put the flippers on my feet. I don't, I don't know why they did that. But they said that I looked right. So I guess it's important that you look right before you go scuba. I mean, I, I don't see any purpose for the fins being on my feet. The time came, and they decided to throw me. Scott, hold on my cue. Now hold on my cue. They decided to throw me into the ocean, and they did throw. And I got a picture. You guys got to check this out. Hang tight. All right, let's go live. There it is. Look, there, there I am right there. I'm at the top of the Pacific. My family is located where? You can tell just by the picture. They're beneath me, hence the pictures. They're all beneath me. And they're taking photos, and I'm right beneath the boat, and I'm very comfortable in that circumstance because I feel like I'm by a safe haven. I'm right by auction. If something goes wrong, someone's going to help me. Have you ever felt that way before in your career, in your life, comfortable going where you're going, doing what you're doing? Chris, we talked about this, comfortable with your sales, and then someone has a new vision for your circumstance. My family had a new vision for mine. They wanted me to experience what it was like at the bottom of the ocean. So what did they do? They let the air out of the jacket. Here's the problem with that. With the fins on my feet, my feet were floating more than my head. So my head hit the bottom of the ocean. I mean, fish were looking at me strange. That's how stupid this was. My family quickly came to my rescue and my trainer, and my trainer put all the air back into my jacket. So what happened, Cleve? What happened? Feet first. I mean, my feet surfaced at the top. The trainer must have been a graduate of the University of Utah. I, don't, I, I hope I can say that. That's, that's how I feel about the air. So. And if you don't like that, the door's right there. You're welcome to leave. That, that's how I feel. So. <laughs> the trainer grabbed the weights out of the boat and put them around my ankles, hoping it would help what? Right, felt be more buoyant. And it worked, too. So this time they came and they let all the air back out of my jacket, and I went straight back down to the bottom, and I landed upright on a rock. And I was kind of floating in this kind of a circumstance, kind of, kind of like this. And I remember thinking to myself in my mind, this must be what it's like to live the life of kelp. <laughs> I mean, not really an exciting life. Don't really get to network a whole lot. 
but you get to watch people pass by or watch the fish pass by. And my family, they were compassionate. They would come visit me from time to time. And they would take me off my rock and they would put me on a new rock. I'm pretty sure they were using me as some sort of a GPS marking system. I'm not sure what they were doing. And for those of you that have joined us today live in this room, and all 1,600 that have joined us from around the world, that's exactly why Verl has asked me to talk today. To ask you if you're willing to look at the I can, the I opic, and the we opic motto. And say, say to yourself what others are not willing to say, and that is I can in a very, a very much I can't world. In a very much I can't marketplace. Are you willing to be a marker, as you've seen that picture? Are you willing to benchmark, be a GPS marking system for those that are on your team, for those that you serve? Again, if you listen to Burl talk this morning, he said something very, very cute. I caught this. I'll say it in my words. Maybe seven or eight years ago, he was looking for a place to provide for his family, make a living, make money. After something happened that transitioned that thought, he started to find a way to fill a void and serve people. And in so doing, he's created a living for many more people. Does, does that, do you, do you see the difference? Instead of looking for a way to make money and how much commission can I get and how much can I make this year, he's trying to find more people to serve with three things, their needs, their fears, and help them celebrate their accomplishments. He told you he's gonna talk about the 120 then. He's gonna mention that later on. If you can do those three things, watch what happens to the scaling of your business. NFV, needs, fears, victories. So let's hit it hard today. I need you all to tell me what you see in this photograph. This is another one of my uh, signature stories that I love. Can you guys look at that for me? Brad Barton, what do you see, buddy? Thank you. So you know the story. Okay, shut up. Don't talk anymore. You're done. So, so Brad knows the story. And Brad, so help Brad out. Brad, spot on. So Pam says happiness. Thanks. Terry Murphy's on from Tennessee. I love Terry. Terry says pure joy. What else we got? What do you see? Come on. You guys are great, but you're only hitting the surface. You're not digging deep enough. Look close. Look, look. What do you got? Come on. Give me some detail. I know she's smiling. I see that, but, but you're missing. You're missing. Uh, please, sir, go ahead. Tell me your name. Mike, my name's Chad. Mike's going to talk to us. For those, and I'll, I'll repeat Mike's words so you can all hear. Mike, what do you see? Why? Okay, so he says he sees somebody that's special needs. Why would you say that, Mike? I'm not against that. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not offended by it. I want to know why you think she's special needs. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So he just noticed him. He dug deep. You don't see wheels on that chair. But she's definitely in an electric wheelchair. Look at the headrest on that sucker. I mean, that's... That's an electric wheelchair, two motors underneath, four-wheel drive, a little bit more power than some of those Chevys you choose to drive on. I'm just saying, that thing's got some juice to it. What else we got? Come on. Well, please, ma'am, go ahead. So she's this excitement. No, she is excited. Look at her. She's happy. She's a happy girl. I went to high school with her. We're the same age. Her name's Melanie. If you forget my name today, no problem. Do, write the name down. Do not forget Melanie Bronis. Write it in, type it in. You'll be able to share this with your families, your teams, your kids. What else have we got about Melanie? Come on, on the chat, what else have we got? So somebody making her laugh. She's independent. I love that. Um, Terry says, 
someone totally in the moment, appreciating the beauty of nature, who probably does not get that opportunity. You're going to start making me cry. That, that, this is good. This is good. Complete comfort. A taste of freedom. Sam says pure happiness and joy. Let's dig a little deeper. How many arms does Melanie have? Now we're digging. I don't even have to answer. What color is her hair? What color is her shirt? I expect an answer there. No, 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 it's not. Folks, it's not pink. I'm looking at the, no, 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 that's, her shirt's not pink. Her bib is pink. Her shirt, Marilyn, is the same color as your shawl. It's a, look at her shoulder. It's the exact same color as your shawl, Marilyn. It's, it's a teal or a blue or a green color. Look at her shoulder. So my question to the audience, both live and virtual, is why would a girl on a nice sunny day need to wear a shawl or a sweater over a green shirt? One more thing too, where's she located? Here's how you know it's nice. She's located in front of water with white spots on the water. There's white. And there's a sand trap off of her right shoulder. So I just told you all where she's. I'm trying to dig deep. She's at a golf course. It happens to be the golf course right across the street from the high school. Back to my question. Why is she wearing a shawl or a bib? Why do people wear bibs? She drools. Here's the problem. Remember that benchmarking and that ICANN thing that we were talking about? As the captain of the basketball team in my high school, I never went up to her and did this. Hey, Melanie. My name's Chad. This is my friend Christy. You guys need to meet. You need to see what she's doing, and you need to see what she's doing. You guys got to connect. Or how about this one? Hey, Melanie, my name's Chad. These are my friends right here on the basketball team. Are you okay if we sit with you at your table for lunch? We never did that. How about this one? Hey, Melanie, my name's Chad. Are you cool if we help you take your books to class? I mean, we're tardy every day anyways. This could get us an excuse slip. Could be a win-win for both parties. We never, ever made that connection, Burl. We didn't do it. I never talked bad about her to her face. But behind closed doors, I got caught. And I'll just share it with you briefly. My parents raised me better than to talk about people. But behind closed doors, I got talk, caught talking about her. Let's make a long story short. We're playing in a championship game tomorrow night to get us into the state tournament in Utah. I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be the leader, the team lead. And the whole team is at my house for carbs, pasta, spaghetti the night before the game. We're downstairs. The door's shut in my room. Oh, and we're listening, we're listening to some motivational gospel music in Utah. Uh, for the game, the gospel group that we were listening to, ACDC, best church group I've ever heard in my life. I love ACDC, and um, I think the church should incorporate that in their hymns. I just, I love their music, and we were listening. To, I'll never forget the song that was on, and we start talking about our assignments for the next night's game. We got to beat this team to get to play at the university. We got to get there to play at the university, so 70,000 seats. We got to win tomorrow night. We start talking about our assignments, and pretty soon a girl's name comes up in the conversation. What was her name? Melanie, thanks, Marilyn. There were some jokes cracked, and I was the instigator of a couple of those jokes, I am sad to say today. And not too long after that, we heard this noise. Someone's knocking at the door. Who was it? 
No, no, no. It wasn't it wasn't Melanie? She doesn't know where I live. It was my it was my dad. Now we need to hit this hard. Here's where you get your pens out. Here's where you jot in the chat. Jot in the chat. My dad opens the door. He shuts off the noise. I think sometimes you and I need to shut off the TV. Don't let others dictate. Don't compare either. Don't envy. I think there's a lot of noise going on right now in our world. And I think if we pay too much attention to the noise, it turns us more to the I can't attitude. You dictate your future. Nobody else does. When a lot of people aren't meeting in ballrooms or having meetings, what are we doing today? We're getting her done. Right? I mean, we're doing it. My dad shuts off the noise. Turn off the noise. The next thing he does is he drops to both knees. He's not going to pray. Any ideas on why my dad dropped to both knees? Help me out on the chat. So Tina says no noise. Why my dad dropped to both, knee both knees? Help me out. Team leaders, what do we got? Why my dad dropped to both knees? Team members, help me out. Perfect. Jessica says to get to our level. Write that down. Don't ever walk into somebody else's shoes. Drop to their level. I don't know if you noticed this morning, but as I was sitting up here kind of preparing, I was with Kirk. Verl came up to me this morning and Marilyn, and they all dropped to my level. Now, most of the time when I meet people, where am I looking? Well, at their crotch. You're, you're right. I'm just saying that's, that's my level. I'm, I'm right there. But when somebody drops to my level, they've got my attention. If you want to get the attention of your children, of your team, of your colleagues, you must put yourself physically on their level. Try it. People don't care how much you know about real estate until they know how much you care about their needs, their fears, and their victories. Do it by dropping to their level. Put yourself physically on their level. My dad then said these words. I'm really disappointed in what I've heard the last few minutes. He said that. And then he said something different. He said, it's not your fault. I'm most disappointed in your captain. Who's he talking about now? He just threw me under the bus. I mean, I'm not saying I didn't deserve it, but, but, but I, I, got, I got hucked. And then he said one more thing. Here's your next principle. He said, it's not my son's fault. I'm the one that's raised him. Apparently, I haven't done my job. And my dad got up off his knees and walked out of the room. Let's stop. We're going to stop. Who just took full accountability and responsibility for everything that was said that night, even though he didn't say a word? Only when we take full responsibility and accountability for where we are currently at in our real estate life, our market, our income, the results that our children are getting, when we take responsibility for that, will we then begin to realize what our full capacity and potential is. And until you're willing to do that, plan on living the life of kale. You're going to stay stagnant. Must take ownership for the loss of a job, even though it might not be your fault. For a divorce, even though the divorce might have been unexpected. And it's not your fault. Must own everything that's happening in your life. Until I own this, I wasn't able to find the full potential that I could create with this. You must own every aspect of it, wherever you're at. And I'm talking to every single one of you, individually and collectively.
My dad walked out of the room, and the team left. No spaghetti was eaten. The next day is game day. The team is unified, wearing the same jumpsuits. And 3,500 kids in my high school, third largest high school in the state of Utah. Somebody had sponsored Domino's Pizza for lunch. If you want to get high school kids together gathered, what do you do? You order pizza. I wouldn't know who that sponsor was until three or four years later. That's not important right now. Whole school together eating their pepperoni and their combination pizza. When somebody walks into my high school unannounced and uninvited. Who was it? was my father. How would you guys like to have your father join you for lunch in high school? Good, we're all on the same page. No one raised their hand, by the way. I'm just, I don't know if any of you want. Nobody raised their hand. My dad comes in. My dad comes over to my table. And my dad says this, son, it's great to see you today. I did not say the same thing back. He said, son, where's the girl you were all talking about last night? Listen to my response. I remember it just like it was this morning. I said, dad. Dad, please don't embarrass me in front of my friends. I'm really sorry about what I said last night. I promise I'll never do it again, Dad. What's the problem with all three of those sentences? I said, I. My dad said, son, this meeting's not about you. And so it is today. No, no, we're glad that you're all here, in person or virtually. Who benefits me all being here today? Everybody else that didn't show up, Christy, that will benefit from the knowledge you take back. And that's a whole new reason to pay attention, jot down notes, and change when you walk out of here. Whole new reason. Because you'll do things for others that you won't do for your... Because if you're doing it for yourself, you'll probably multitask, maybe answer some text back. But when you're here to serve and benefit the lives of your children, the lives of others, help them scale and grow themselves, have more financial freedom, you'll pay more attention because you're givers. You'll do more for others than you'll do for yourself. Otherwise, that's a very selfish life to live. I just don't believe we have selfish people with us today. My dad said, this meeting's not about you. I said, Dad, she's over there. She's got drool. Dad, she's got applesauce on her bib. She's sitting by herself, same table, Dad. He said, I need you and your buddies to follow me. Twelve of us followed him to her table, and as we're walking, who's watching? The school's starting to, remember, my dad's not mic'd. They can't hear him, but it doesn't matter. Why? People forget what you say. They never forget how you make them. I don't know that you'll remember a whole lot of what Verl said this morning. You won't forget how he made you feel. That picture of his dad. When he started talking about his dad being in a, in a care facility for 20 plus, now I'm, he had me there. I, I, was, I was focused. Maybe think of how my kids might, you know, come and visit, take me out to places. That's what I was thinking when Verl was talking this morning. My dad's not Mike. We sit at the table. My dad touches her only shoulder. She starts to spasm. She's not afraid. Why is she spasming? Why is she shaking? Somebody just recognized her. There's another. 
It's amazing what happens when you recognize the good of other people. My dad did what nobody does to her. He recognized her. He networked, which Verl encouraged us all to do during and after the breaks and after we're done. Network, get to know people. Grow, expand. My dad touched her, and then my dad said this. Melanie, I need you to meet my oldest son. He wears the C on his letterman's jacket. He thinks it stands for captain. He has no idea what it stands for. Melanie, show him what captain looks like. Meet my son. And I touched her fist. It's curled. Look, look at her hand. You guys, it's curled. And when I touched her hand, she made me feel like I was a celebrity. But you guys already know that I'm not. I was talking trash last night. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not the good guy. But when I touched her hand, she made me feel this instant forgiveness. And she doesn't know what I said. To this day, she doesn't know what I said. We sat down. All my buddies met her. And my dad made the whole 30-minute conversation about her. It sounded something like this. Melanie, what happened to your arm? That's the first time I learned in my life as a senior in high school that diabetes could take a limb. I, didn't, I just thought diabetes was a shot in the stomach. That's what I thought it was. I had no idea. I, don't, I didn't know what insulin was. Melanie, who's your best friend? She said it was her mother, Stacy. How many high school kids named their parent as their best friend? Melanie, what's your favorite subject? She said it was PE. They let her go across the street to the golf course, and she goes to the water, and she watches the white birds come into land, and then her teacher aide takes her over, and they gather the golf balls that the golfers hit, and she sells them back to the same golfers for a buck apiece. I thought that was awesome. She, and, but more, more importantly, she loved it when the golfers connected with her. And then my dad asked her what her dream was. She said she didn't know if she had one, but she loved watching the cheerleaders dance. That's what she said. That was my encounter with Melanie Bronos right there. Guess what happened to her eight days later? I'll just read the chance here. Steve, Steve says she died. No. Jeez, Pearl, do you interview people before you bring them on? What the, <laughs> what the heck's with that? Steve, that's a stupid answer. You can just get off the line. We don't care. That's, that's, that's negative right there. Wait, no, she didn't die. Jeez, Steve. The whole high school... The high school voted her as the head cheerleader. We ended up going to the state tournament. And when you go to the state tournament and play in front of 17,000 people, guess who shows up? NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox. And the cameras aren't on the game. Where's all these guys' cameras at? All these, we got eight, nine cameras in this room. Guess where all their cameras are at? Where are they at? They're on a girl twirling in a circle, dancing the best that she can. Because she can. She, she can, and she's got 17,000 people cheering her on and people in the stands saying something like this. Hey, look, look at that girl. Look, do you guys see that? And you're squawking about hot dogs for dinner and, and macaroni. Look at that girl. Don't tell me you can't do your homework. Don't tell me that you can't make friends. Don't tell me that you can't you know, overcome being bullied. Don't tell me you can't stop you know, doing drugs. Look at that girl. They're saying things like that up in the stands. Now let's fast forward to just a couple years ago. Some of you in the audience know that Shondell and I have a couple of boys. My boys were three and one 
when I uh, broke my neck. Here's a cool picture of the boys before the accident. I love this shot. Check that out. Look at that. That's just a couple weeks before my accident. I love that shot. Here's the boys in high school. I love this. Good looking. Look at that. They look just like me. Check them out. Look at them. 6'5", 210 pounds, 6'2", 155 pounds. They both play basketball. Basketball is our favorite. Um, I had a senior and a freshman start a varsity together. So senior and a freshman start varsity together. And in my house, you're allowed to date when you're eight. I'm sorry, when you're 16, if you're a male. If you're a female, you're not dating. It's just this. <laughs> That's, that's the rule right now. I, I don't know how that well that's going to go because our daughter just turned 16, but, but that's the rule I've always had. I just, I just, I'm very protective of our, our daughter. So a couple of years ago, the older boy called me up, and he said, I was in Perth, Australia, and my son, 18-year-old senior, 18, said this, Dad, I'm going to homecoming. My response, son, you've been going homecoming for years. You don't need to give me permission or get my permission. You're welcome to go. Who's the lucky girl? That's what I said. He said, Dad, I'm the lucky one. I said, fine. Which girl is it? Is it Jen, Kenna? You know, Marilyn, Chrissy, who is it? Dad, this is a new girl. I said, good. I like it when you fish. Now, ladies, don't be offended by that. I like my boys to catch and release, right, respectfully. Just, just, just understand the way the concept, I, I, that's for your benefit. I just, I, and I don't want them to get too serious. They don't have to in high school, which is hypocritical for me because where did I meet their mother? We're not here to talk about that, though, but I met her in high school, right. <laughs> I want him to catch and release. Dad, this is a new girl. I said, great, send me a picture. I'm in Perth, Australia. Less than 10 seconds later, he sends me this. Stay with me, Scotty. Stay with me. Stay with me. Here it is. Dad, did you get the text? Yes, yeah, son. I don't know who she is. Son, I've never met her before. I, I don't recognize her, son. Dad, her name's Lisa. Dad, she's half my height. I said, dude, you're 6'5". Everybody's half your height. Dad, she doesn't talk. Dad, she's in the special ed class. She loves Dr. Seuss when I read to her, and she loves watching Dr. Seuss on TV. I said, son, when did you find time to network and meet with her? He said, dad, I go during release time or seminary. Now, for those of you that are watching virtually, and for those of you that are in the room in Utah, as high school students, you can take a religious class if you desire. It's not required. It's like going to Brigham Young, only there it's required. It's like going to Notre Dame. You have to take an institute class, religious class. It's Southern Methodist. You got to take a – in Utah, in high school, if you'd like, you can take – and I said to my son, when do you – he said he goes during that class. I said, so you're going to fail your religious course? He said, no, Dad. No, 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 you don't get it, Dad. I just thought I would go and do what they teach in the class. I said, so, so you're going to fail? He said, Dad, you don't get this, Dad, do you, Dad? You don't, it's all worked out, Dad, we're good. I said, son, what's, what's with the pom-poms in your hands, son? Listen. He said, Dad, I was reading your book last week. Is it true what Grandpa did when he bought pizza for 3,500 kids? And that girl ended up being a cheerleader. I said, 
Yes, your grandpa did that. My dad did, yes, that's true. He said, well, I just want to be like him, Dad. I want to see if I can create that in my team, Dad. So I decided to do those principles, drop to the level, Dad, and get rid of the noise and the ruckus and focus on what's most important. So I thought this would be a good way to try and start that. Grandpa said it'd be the little things that make the biggest difference, not the big things, Dad. So this is just a little way for me to... I said, Son, I didn't have that kind of vision in high school. You know that. I'm, I'm proud of you. I better go by. And I hung up and I just lost at Maryland. I just started crying. Five minutes later, the 15-year-old cocky freshman calls me, his younger brother. Dad, I'm going to homecoming. What's the answer to that, folks? No. Dude, you haven't hit puberty? You're too short? You're not going. That's what I told him. He said, Dad, I've already asked a girl out. Now, Kirk, I'm lit. As lit as a quadriplegic can be, I am lit. I mean, I am fired up. I'm in Perth, Australia. It's 2.30 in the morning. It's 5 o'clock at night their time, and I am just cussing him out. You can't disobey the family values. You're not going to homecoming. You can't ask a girl out. Don't think you can get away with things just because I'm on the road. The kid hangs up on me. Text me a photograph. This is what I get. Check that out. 15 years old. Calls me right back. Dad, are you going to still swear and yell at me or are you going to listen, Dad? I said, well, what's going on? Dad, her name is Devery. We call her Dev. It's Lisa's best friend. We thought they'd be comfortable going together and then you'd be proud of us, not mad, Dad. Dad, are you still there? Well, yeah. Dad, did I do the right thing? I said, well, I mean, are you dating? He said, Dad, you don't get this, Dad, do you? You don't understand. Dad, you don't, you don't, you're not there, Dad. I said, son, I, it's, it's the right thing. Um, I better go. But before I go, can you just tell me, you know, what's with the box of cereal? He said, Dad, I don't have as much money as my brother to go to Walmart and buy pom-poms, so I took the Lucky Charms out of our cabinet this morning, Dad. <laughs> and I told her that I'd be lucky if she'd go to homecoming with Dad. That's what I did, Dad. I said, I said that's smart. That's, that's, that's like your mother. That's cheap. I'm cool with that. That's, that's not, nothing wrong with that. I want you all to know that six of the basketball team, six players bought in, eight football players bought in, and all 16 cheerleaders. And I flew home from Perth, and I wanted to be a chauffeur and here's the picture that I took. There's the bus. My bus has a wheelchair ramp. There's my son right there in the middle with the gray suit. There he is right there. There he is. There's Lisa. Look how small she is. Beautiful. There's the head cheerleader, Kenna Murray. Her special date, Sam. Connor on the basketball team. Her special date, Kayla. Another cheerleader. Her special date, Jeffrey. And another cheerleader. And her special date, Ethro. And they all went to homecoming, and there was 48 more six wheelchairs went. I have a question for the audience virtually and, and here in the, in the audience live. That picture right there exists all because of how many people? That picture right there. How many people? Go ahead, type it in. Terry Murphy says, my dad. Look at that. Everybody type. Look, at, keep it going. Keep it going. Not two people. That's wrong, Sam. Keep going. How many people? One. Who was the person? Who was the person? 
was my dad 20 years earlier who had no business and had every right to believe that he didn't could make a difference. My dad's not a school teacher. My dad's not an admin. My dad doesn't have a pass to get into school. My dad just saw the world for what it was, cut out the noise, and decided to create his own destiny. And I want you to know something. Guess what still happens today, even though both my sons are graduated from that high school? What happens every year homecoming? The bus is still used. Long after my dad leaves this life, and we all will, and long after I'm gone, what will not? You call it tradition? I think that's a great word. I call it legacy. Same thing. I just want to know if you have the same vision as my father. Can you see things for what they really are? Or are you just in the real estate to make commission and try and scale your business? Or you can do what Verl said today and find someone to serve back to Cleve regardless of, is that my saying right? Regardless of opportunity, I think was a quote. I need to remember that. Not for the opportunity, but serve regardless of the consequence or the opportunity. That's the vision I thought of when I heard you say what was Cleve's quote to you this morning. And it inspired me, Verl. It inspired me to remember that. In order for you all to understand the impact it's had on my life, I'm going to take you back 20 years. Here's the last picture we had before my accident. And thank you all so much for letting me share this with you. There's a, I'm sorry, that's not it. You guys saw that. Here it is. There's Shondell, and there's, geez, twice. Here we go. Let's try this. There we go. I love that photograph. There's the two boys, three and one, and I love my hands. Today my hands are curled. You can see that. I don't, can we get a close up? Can we get a close up? Are you able to scale in? Do that. So let's go close up. So I, so there's my hands. I, so if you look at the picture, a little blurry, but, but that's okay. My hands have good color tone in that picture. Today my hands are curled. They're bent. Um, but I don't know. Can you get even closer? I love, uh, look, at, look, look at the hand close. See that palm? That's called a callus. Mr. Cameraman, can I see your hands? What do you do? Do you lotion? <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm just saying that pick up a shovel. Do something. I, I don't know. I, I mean, get away from the camera once in a while. I'm just saying this. These are something you're proud of, sir. I, 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 I love, I'm just playing with you. I'm just, I love the calluses on my hands. I, they allow me to push and have grip so that I can push a wheelchair and be different than others. Verl didn't bring us here to be like everybody else. I love my hands in that photograph. I would lose them two days later. I'll share it with you briefly. My wife called me up and she told me that the little kid in the stroller just took his first two steps and she asked me to hurry home so that I could play basketball with him in the garage. Let's make a long story short. I raced home. I've always wanted to be a farmer, never wanted to be a speaker. And I went out to the field to feed all the animals on the farm before going home to play ball. I loaded up a bale of hay, as Burl mentioned in his introduction, a bale that weighs more than pickup trucks. And I lifted that bale up 15 feet in the air. And I'm only going to say this one time. I ignored the red flashing light on my tractor. I got a warning light. My hydraulic tank was empty. It's like you all driving your car with the gas light on. Have you ever done that to see how far you can get? Well, don't shake your head. You look stupid. Don't do that. I, I ignored the light. Tell me why I ignored the light. Why? Chad, why did I ignore the light? In a hurry? So, Sean, that's right. What else? From my client support, why did I ignore the light? 
So, right, in a hurry, good. I wanted to get home, got that here as well. Good, good call. Get the job done, nice. You guys, you're still not, you're still not hitting it. Listen, listen to this. this we're, still, we're, we're not digging deep enough. Guess how many times I've been comfortable doing it that way before and never gotten caught. Do you understand the trap that we get ourselves in? Just because we don't get caught or trapped, doing something we know could be a warning sign or doing something we know to be wrong doesn't make it right. So it becomes behavior. It became belief and behavior that I could do it over and over again because I'd gotten away with it before. I think that's a powerful lesson for us to teach our posterity, our children, and our team members. I'd never gotten caught before. The bale rolled over backwards because there wasn't enough hydraulics to hold that bale in place, landed on my head, punched it to the steering wheel, and the shaft went through my mouth, breaking everything in its path. This has all been redone, and it did break all the bones in my neck. We can do one more close-up, I think. Right here. It's right here. There's a scar about three and a half inches. Can we get in close? There, there, nice job. There's the scar right there. Yes, there it is. The doctors went in and they were able to fix every one of the bones using titanium. And then there was something they couldn't fix. What was that? Right, there's no glue for the spinal, there's no duct tape. There's no stitches. And that's where I was pronounced a quadriplegic and told some things that I could not do. Provide for my family. Most like me didn't stay married. Coaching my kids in basketball. How do you do a layup with no hands and no... How, soccer. How, how's that work? Putting the worm on the hook to catch a fish. Holding her hand to walk down a street. Or just holding her hand and feeling it. I mean, we can go on and on and on. Zipping up a pair of pants, buttoning up a shirt, shaving my face, brushing my teeth. When my dad came to me yet again. Shouldn't surprise you, I mean. He's just got this same mentality that Verl has. It's never ending. It's just, the sky is the limit and beyond that. Same mentality as Verl Workman. Son, what if you could be a better farmer with no hands and no legs and you were with him? What if you could be a better husband, a better coach, with no hands and no legs and you ever were with him? I thought he was a fool. My dad walked out of the hospital. Why? Well, we say this way on the ranch. You can lead a horse. There's principle number five today. Don't be the undrinkable horse. Don't be the unteachable real estate coach or real estate agent. If you're not teachable, God help you because nobody else, nobody else can. If you're not submissive, willing to surrender some of your thoughts, your pride, what I just shared with you has allowed me to travel the world by myself. I'm the only quadriplegic known of by Guinness Book of World Records that travels alone. I'm not saying that to you to brag. Don't hear that. My dad didn't want me to be like other people. And Verl certainly doesn't want you to be like everybody else. You need to be the best version of you that you can be. I met a lady who made a movie on our story. I don't have time to show you the whole movie. I'm going to show you a one-minute clip. Here's a reenactment. This is cool. I like this. Stand by, Scotty. All right, here we go. There it is. Look. That's my dream. I love farming. That's the Rocky Mountains right there behind.
love farming. It's in my blood. I love the ranch. There's our dream. That's what Sean Dell and I were building right there. I love making fields green on desert ground. And there's my bad choice. There it is right there. It rolls over and lands right on my body. Now I realize, I realize that very few of you in this room are going to find yourself underneath a one-ton bale of hay with a broken neck on a desert floor. I realize that. But if you want to know what it feels like, live the life of kale. Ignore the principles that we've talked about today that you've heard Verl repeat over and over again about finding a place to give rather than finding a place to make money. Ignore that. Somebody you know or that you love will make a bad choice and you're going to know exactly what paralysis feels like. In fact, there might be a few on today's virtual call or in this room that are more trapped than I am and they have full function of their body because they refuse to change their own habits. Look, and who do those choices impact? Not just you. She saw the blood. She thought that I was gone. She, she saw that. I heard her scream. I was still fully conscious. I just couldn't give her a sign. Here's the best part. Watch close now. I live up in the mountains. Vera was there just two weeks ago. We live out in the country. We don't have firefighters there. We got cowboys, though. Five cowboys showed up within minutes. They're called first responders. Five cowboys and three Utah State Patrolmen within 12 minutes. So there's eight men, and they have a massive problem. Well, what's the problem? The bail, right, Marilyn? They, Marilyn, they, how to get the bail off? They don't have a hoist. There's no tractor. There's no machinery. There's so this is amazing. This has true principle to it. Watch this. Look close. There's two cops on your left. There's a cowboy in the middle with a white hat. There's another cop on your right. Do you see him down there? There's another cop on your right. There's four more cowboys on the other side that you can't see. That makes eight men that did what? That's the question that was asked to me on international television on a talk show in front of 11 million viewers. Went like this. So Chad, how were eight men able to lift 412 pounds off your body? And that's a question that I have for you. How were eight men able to do that? Any thoughts? So somebody said teamwork. I'll take that answer. Anything else? So Verl says divine intervention. I'm not against that. I totally believe in that. I'll take that in a heartbeat. They thought that they, they believe that they could do it. Believe, do I remember Verl's triangle? Belief is everything. Adrenaline, yes or no? Did somebody, was somebody think of that? Adrenaline? If somebody walked into this hotel right now or where you guys are at, look at communication. I'm getting, uh, the chat's just blowing up right now. Look, look at this. You guys need to calm down a little bit. But yes, yes, it's, it's, just, it's just blowing up. If somebody came into our hotel room right now and said this, hey, sorry to interrupt your guys' meeting. There's been an accident right out here on 2nd South, right in front of the courtyard. A bus is tipped over. A Utah Transit bus. A bunch of people are trapped. The bus is on its side. We need your help and your blood. What are y'all doing right now? Are you grabbing your jacket first? It's a little chilly out there. No? Are you grabbing your COVID mask first? Yes or no? no. I, I know you're laughing, but I'm just being, hey. It's, it's mandated right now in Utah. It's mandated. You're not, you're not grabbing it, are you? Not because you're bad people. You only have one objective on your mind. What is it? To serve somebody else. And I want to ask one more question. Verl, forgive me if I need to ask for it. 
Which peoples are you pulling out first? I'll be more specific. The black ones, the white ones, the blue ones, the cops, the Hispanics, the Muslims, the Latter-day Saints, the Catholics, the Buddhists, the gay ones, the non-gay ones. I just want to know which ones you're grabbing first. Wait, wait. Go ahead, put it on the chat. Which kid you grabbing first? I want to know. It doesn't matter. The first one I can grab, anyone I can get my kid. Look at what's The chat's blowing up over here as well on the team. Look at this. It's blowing up. Everybody's saying it's basically the same thing, Verl. They're saying whoever I can get my hands on, the first kid I can grab. So you just all told me collaboratively together, everybody, that when it gets right down to it, it really doesn't matter, does it? Unfortunately, right now in today's world with all the noise, what are we fighting over? The very garbage I just mentioned. You don't care if they're far right or far left. You just told me when it gets right down to it, your heart will submit and surrender. You know what the problem is? We wait for the bus to tip over before we put that belief in motion. And if you can find a way to get past that, you will do what Verl's vision is for you. I'm, I'm doing it. I mean, I'm, I'm here with you guys today. My wife's not with me and my kids aren't. I travel alone. Still married today, by the way. Shondell and I just celebrated 26 years. What an angel she's been in my life. For 21 of those years, I've been in a wheelchair. For 21 of the 26 years that we've been married, I've that hasn't changed. She says we're better off today than we ever were before. And that the accident, the adversity has been the reason for that. I don't know whether or not that's true. I just know if I don't believe her, things don't go well in the marriage. So. <laughs> oh, by the way, that's a picture. I didn't know what my Christmas gift was going to be this year. She said it was going to be the best one ever. She was right. She took that photograph of us and she had it. She had it drawn as a portrait by an artist, which I love because it takes all the wrinkles and blemishes out of my face. But <laughs> so she took that picture that I just showed you, and she had it done as a portrait, that picture right there. Oh, our family? It's changed quite a bit, too. There's the two boys up top that you met earlier. Ace is married to Lindsay, so I got a son that's married now. There's Shondell on the far left. I'm down there in the middle, and we've adopted two more. A beautiful little girl from south of the border, and Caleb comes to us from Ethiopia. As dark as God made his children, Caleb is. That, that picture is just proof that my dad was right. Do you remember what my dad said in the hospital about I can? Son, what if you could be a better father, coach, farmer, husband, despite the adversity? and losing 95%. And remember, I thought he was a fool? My dad was right. It's all about what you choose to believe. It's time for us to wrap up, so let's wrap up the best way I know how. Do you guys remember what I missed the night that I got hurt, the night that I had my accident? I missed something very special. What was it? Walk, good, my God, I missed his first steps, and playing ball. My mom got the footage in the hospital right up here on the hill when I first got to do that, 
And I have a good friend who's a Grammy award-winning songwriter and singer. His name is David Archuleta. He made a video and put it to that song, and he gave it to me as a gift to the Grammys. I'm going to share it with you now. You can see me guys saw this last week, so we're going we're gonna to share it one more time. Here it is. Listen to the words. And remember what Verl said to us earlier. Listen to the lyrics. Here we go. I couldn't even feed myself back then. But you will find it. There is a purpose. It's been there within you all along. And when you're near it, you can almost hear it. It's like a symphony Just keep listening And pretty soon you'll start To figure out your part Everyone plays a piece In their own melodies And, and then once you pick up momentum Look, it happens right here Don't lose your momentum I learned how to move myself Now I'm getting the hang of it Look Took me three months to learn how to put my shirt on by myself. Eight months to learn how to push to with sticky gloves. Now I can push without any gloves. As you discover That's my purpose. Little cocky. University you of Utah grad again right there. It's okay. It's all right. Watch, watch, watch. Here it is. Here it is. Oh, no, no, no. I get to see him for the first time. Look, 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 look. He does a walk. He runs. What's the message? Act with urgency on what you hear. Act with urgency on what Burl's teaching us. Is what don't wait. The longer you wait, the less like you are to act. Do not wait to act. We're playing catch. Look at him get me dressed. Look at that. I never even asked. He just did it. Look at him drop to the level. Dad, give me your arm. I got you covered up. We're playing catch. Look at his face. Watch his face. Look at that smile. When I saw him smile, I never thought about suicide ever again. Suicide is not an option for Chad Hymas. It's not. No spills. You will see. Park City, Utah. If I'm in a helicopter, it must be game day. I don't miss my kids' games. I'll land that sucker right on the football field. I do not miss the kids' games. And pretty soon to figure out your part. Everyone plays a piece in their own melodies. And each one of us oh, is glorious. So I just want to end my presentation with this. What do you all believe on the chat? Not about me. By the way, I appreciate your nice comments, but let's, let's, let's spare that just for a second to my question. What do you believe about why you're here today? What do you believe about what you've heard so far? What do you believe about leaving these next few breakout sessions and the keynote speakers and doing something to serve somebody else regardless of the opportunity? I hope I got that right, Pete. Because whatever you're thinking right now in your head is going to dictate your action during the break Actions will always dictate your results. It's because of what I believe that things are still happening for me in my life. Thank you for your time today, guys. We're done. We'll see you throughout the day. Thanks for done.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>